This is According to Callus. This is episode 177, and I'm going to have a word about cancel or being canceled. So, the three examples I'm going to utilize are Whoopee, Joe, and Jordan. And here we go. So, I understand that Whoopee uh, misspoke, made a faux pas. Spoke on something for which she has very little information. Now, on her show, which is largely filled with people that don't have wide breaths of education or information or experience, this should be no surprise. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this has something to do with the fact that she believes or stated that the Holocaust had very little to do with race. So let's, we're going to examine that for just 30 seconds to a minute. See, this is a touchy thing for obvious reasons, but let's be honest. I'm not entirely sure. Just how do you define what constitutes a Jew? Are we going to go off the religion of Judaism? In which case, there are people that would be considered Jews that are clearly not of Hebrew origin. They're clearly not Ashkenazi. I hope I got the pronunciation correct. Or Sephoric, right? Those are the two main branches of um, Hebrew or Jewish people that you know are identifiable. But there are people that convert to Judaism. So, if we're going to define... Jews as the religion, Judaism, there's more than one race involved there. Conversely, if we're going to define Jewishness as your uh, lineage from, I guess, depending on how you want to do it, let's just say Israel, right? Um, If you're going to trace your lineage back to Israel, then by definition, you would be Hebrew slash Jewish. Now, that doesn't include the Khazars, which converted in mass to Judaism at some point in the Middle Ages. And this is just my brief understanding of it. So, if you're going to say people that are of the Hebrew lineage are Jewish, okay, fine, I accept that. If you're going to say people who practice Judaism are Jewish. Okay, I accept that as well. So are we going to say both are equally Jewish? I don't know. So then let's circle back to the uh, the Nazis. And I think anybody that's ever listened to me will fully and completely state, well, Callus is clearly not a Nazi or a commie for that matter. So I think I feel just a little bit confident that I might be able to tackle this without being compared to, or compared to the uh, reprobates that are the Nazis. Give me just a second and we'll dive in. Okay, so Nazis, they uh, were not fans of communists because they were competitors. They were not fans of Jews for a number of reasons. They were not fans of gypsies. They were not fans of 
imbeciles, their word, not mine, they were not fans of the mentally handicapped or physically handicapped, nor were they fans of um, pretty much anybody that couldn't be at least nominally called Aryan. But they just had this special place of hatred for people that were, you know, coming out of Judaism, whether they were Jewish by lineage or Jewish by faith. Oddly enough, it seemed to me that they were particularly harsh against those that adapted and became more German than not. I could be wrong in that understanding. Um, Did study it, but that was many, many years ago. And then when they went to Poland and then Russia and they invaded, they corralled them up, shipped them out if those folks didn't previously flee. And again, so maybe we could say the Holocaust is about more than one race or more than one group, but clearly uh, those under the umbrella of Judaism or Jewishness got the worst of it. Clearly. So circling back now to uh, whoopee. The lady doesn't really know what she's talking about. And clearly she misstepped or got out of her lane, if you will. I wouldn't be too harsh on her. I I mean, you got to cut people a little slack, a little grace. But here's the thing. She's one of the first people to call on the cancel of others. She's one of the first people to freak out, for lack of a better term, when somebody says something that could be perceived as something that she opposes. So I'm not really feeling her pain. I'm not really, you know, super concerned for what happens to Whoopi. But on the flip side, unlike some of my conservative brethren, unlike some of the uh, libertarians that I know, I'm not going to defend the lady. I look at this as you live by the sword, you die by the sword. She's been championing this all the time. And if it comes back to bite her, which let's be honest, it really isn't. She's going to have a little panic attack and they're going to slap her on the wrist and it'll all be forgotten and forgiven in a couple of weeks. We've seen this play out before. So I'm not going to defend the lady. I shouldn't have to. It's stupid. The whole thing's stupid. Now, if anybody really believed that she was defending Nazis, okay, well, that might be a different thing. But we're perfectly okay with defending the communists, right? I mean, people run around with Che Guevara t-shirts and the guy was a mass murderer. People talk about, uh, oh, I don't know, Castro or the guy down in Venezuela as being a great hero when they killed tons of people. They starved out others. I mean, they idolized Trotsky and Lenin. Just because they're not Stalin doesn't make them innocent. Come on. You can't have it both ways. Either all tyrants are evil and need to be disdained or none of them are. You can't just pick and choose which tyrant. I mean, do we need to go back to Tamerlane or perhaps Genghis Khan to find somebody that was better at it than Stalin and Hitler? I mean, let's not even get to Mao. That's a whole nother story. So, whoopee! I mean, she's not going anywhere. Let's not lose sleep over it. Time to move on. Now let's talk about Joe. 
Joe is the 5,000 pound gorilla in the room. The man has 11 million listeners. I've got 3,000 downloads. I mean, I'm not even in the same stratosphere or um, universe as that guy. So I, you know, I in no place to defend him. But from what I understand, and I'm not, I'm not a huge fan. I, I've listened on rare occasion. Um, I kind of get his shtick, and he likes to interview people and lets them talk. I mean. <laughs> There's something you knew you had an interview and the interviewer let me speak and speak freely and get complete thoughts out. Perhaps Mr. Hannity could go and listen and learn a little bit about that. Or perhaps Mark Levin, for instance, could learn a little something about that. Be that as it may. So Joe Rogan had the obnoxious idea that he was going to interview a couple of doctors that arguably are better qualified than anybody else in the world to speak on what we've been dealing with for the last two years. And they laid out their arguments. And because that happened, we got a couple of, mm, let's call them over the hill rockers, former protest um, hippies telling Spotify that you must censor him. Hmm, seems to me 50 years ago, these people were screaming about censorship being terrible. 40 years ago, these people were, you know, doing all sorts of crazy things to get noticed and, you know, justify themselves. So I really find it hard to believe that they're afraid. They're just virtue signaling. And I'm sorry, because somebody sang a hit in the 70s, Spotify ought to just say, you know what, that's fine. You can go your own way. Uh, we're not going to pay you royalties either then. I mean, hit these bozos where it hurts, their pocketbook. I mean, if you're 75, 80 years old and all you're known for is some song that you wrote, you know, 50 years ago, I don't care. I, I, I just don't care. And, and Joe ought to laugh these people off. And based on what I've heard, he's pretty much done just that. And Spotify is going to, Honestly, I don't think they're worried about doing the right thing, but they're going to vote with their pocketbook. And I imagine they make a great deal more money out of Joe Rogan than any of those old hippies. So I'm fairly certain Joe has nothing to worry about. But here's the thing. We all thought that about Alex Jones, too. And Alex is kind of his own special thing there. We all thought it about several other people that got disappeared, if you will. And it's difficult to understand why we continue to fall for this. But again, the man is more than capable of defending himself. I mean, nobody since Rush Limbaugh has had the reach. And I would suspect his reach is actually greater than Rush Limbaugh's at the height of Rush Limbaugh's uh, popularity. I could be wrong, but 11 million listeners. Just think on that. If there's 300 million people and maybe only a hundred people actually listen to the radio or music or podcasts or any of that stuff. And it's, it's not, it's, let's say it's 200 million. That's still 5% plus 5% of the entire listening population. That's huge. Spotify has just got to be snickering to themselves, but Joe, go get them, go get them. Now it's also sad that I have to trust a guy that's, I guess at best an agnostic at worst an atheist 
whom we just happen to agree with on this specific issue, to be my co-belligerent, because I'm fairly certain he wouldn't have our backs on anything else. I could be wrong. I'd like to be wrong. But I don't want to be dependent on that. I just, I think that's a mistake. And on to Jordan. Yes, that Jordan. Jordan Peterson. You know, I got to say, never been super impressed about the guy. Listened with some interest to some things early on. Found him mildly interesting. Uh, appreciated the fact that he said, no, I'm not going to play your mind games uh, with the whole pronoun nonsense. But really and truly, uh, I could take him or leave him. The guy got beat up, got attacked for just the minorest, stupidest thing. And all the right got it all upset because, well, this is our guy. Is he, though? Is he? And I don't dislike the guy or like the guy. Just kind of like he's there. But then he went and canceled himself. He quit academia. Now, I could probably make arguments back and forth. But you gave up your job, man. You gave up your career. Part of me wants to applaud you. And the other part of me wants to smack you upside the head. And I mean... You know, like a gib slap, not anything that's painful, more of just kind of like, don't, what are you thinking? So again, all three of these people are far more successful than I have been in my life thus far. So it's kind of a little awkward critiquing what they're doing or not doing as the case may be. But Mr. Peterson, really? Come on, man. Got to toughen up a little bit more. Now I realize he's probably been under 500 times the amount of pressure that I'll ever see in my life. But you were winning, but you canceled yourself. So again, not super enthusiastic about the guy, and I don't want to spend a lot of time quote defending the guy. But we live in an age where they cancel people without even giving them an opportunity to become something to be canceled. I think we call it shadow ban. I think we call it throttling. There's any number of things. Those of us that were late bloomers or late joiners, whatever you call it, we're probably never, ever going to see a million viewers, right? A million listeners. I never fantasized that I would get that kind of uh, following, but I got to tell you, they're going to try and take everyone down a peg. And, It reminds me, we're explicitly told that as Christians, the world's going to hate us. As Christians, we should expect to meet opposition. But we're also told we're supposed to occupy. We're supposed to stake our ground. We're supposed to, you know, carry forth the charge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if we're not willing to face the battle, if we're not willing to take the stand, if we're not going to be prepared to hold the line, for lack of a better term, then we're really not doing it. And, you know, (laughs) I I, I took the day off from listening to anything other than some really good music that I kind of grew up listening to. And I got to say, that is my favorite band. And in many, many ways, I don't think I would have made it where I'm at now without it and every song as far as I can tell 
is theologically orthodox and sound. Now there are people that would, you know, say this or say that, but none of them is out of the realm of orthodoxy. And it has been so helpful over my life. Just looking back and thinking about the idea of their songs and just kind of relaxing and then charging and then exciting and then resetting when I'm down, that's it. When, when I'm, you know, maybe a little melancholy when I'm not sure, listen to it. You know, I owe a debt of gratitude to my favorite band Petra. And, you know, it has been just very refreshing in the last two weeks to take a couple days and basically spend hours listening to music that got me through some really tough times over the last 45 years or whatever. I guess technically uh, 38. I didn't run across them until I was 12 years old. And, you know, some of the phrases that I were using were in part inspired by the music I was listening to today. And one of the phrases in the refrains of the song is, I just want to hear my father say, well done. That's a challenge. I mean, that's kind of like, how do you do that? Well, you can't do it on your own. So when you're worried about being canceled, when you're, when you're worried about how the world sees you, you're not doing your father's work. You're supposed to do everything as unto the Lord, right? And that's a challenge too, because boy, I fall on my face on that many times over my life. And the next day I get up and I try again. And again, in the reoccurring theme in the back of my head is I just want to hear my father say, well done. Now my earthly father, he's told me that a time or two, but that's not the one I'm really concerned about hearing that from. And that's kind of what is one of the motivations behind, I got to get out and speak the truth. I got to get out and say what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking. Politics is not everything, but government is in a very important sphere of everybody's life. And I would love nothing more than to be able to ignore it. I would love nothing more than be able to just go on with my life and not even think about it. But as I've said many, many times in previous podcasts, that's fine. You may not care about you may not care about government, but government cares about you. Government wants to control you. Government wants to know what you're doing so that they can make you do what it is that they want you to be doing. Now, we've had a rather benign run of it up to this point in the United States. But boy, did you ever think we would see the things going on in Canada in the last 2 years? Ever in your lifetime did you think you would see that? What about Australia? Australia's borderline communist dictatorship and the way they're doing things. Or let's just say totalitarian dictatorship. You know, they're not full on commie yet. I mean, Austria, you would have thought Austria would have learned their lesson the first time around. But no, we're going to try it again. I mean, I got to say, every Eastern European person that I've met in the States already knows this game. They know this play and they're the ones warning us. Don't do this. You don't want this. You don't know what you're playing with. It reminds me of a scene from a movie I saw quite a long time ago. So if I don't get it 100% right, you know, don't beat me up. But it was called Apt Pupil. And 
the the character, and I can't think of the name of the actor right now, but he was in uh, he was Magneto in the uh, old X Men franchise, and he also um, I want to say he was in the Lord of the Rings movie, Ian Ian McKellen, I think, right? So at, he gets caught by his kid, and the kid figures out he's an old Nazi, and the, the kids kind of pushing him and poking him get to go back to his Nazi way of doing things. And at one point, Ian McKellen's character basically says, you don't know what you're messing with here, boy. And I can't help but think to myself, that's what every Eastern European person, and actually for that matter, a good deal of the people that came from China or Vietnam, they are saying, you don't know what you're messing with here. You don't want this. And it's sad. I mean, we have to trust people that have never known the freedom that we basically were birthed into and we're slowly watching it fritter away. And these people are coming here and they're saying, what are you doing? Wake up. And we just stay asleep at the switch. Now, perhaps if, I don't know, some of the leaders in my American churches would have... (laughs) I mean, just listen to a few of these Petra songs. I mean, they talk about the different ditches that churches or we as Christians can fall into. And each of them is equally bad, right? You you can't fully detach and ignore what's going on in the world around you. But then again, you can't get fully merged to the world to where they know no distinguishing characteristic between you and them. Yet, all of the churches that are the mainstream evangelicalism are afraid to speak on issues. And the ones they do speak on are capitulation to bad ideas because they're virtue signaling. And what kind of leadership is that? I mean, it's the same kind of nonsense we got out coming out of conservative Inc. And if you don't know what that is, go look it up. It's a thing. Conservative Inc. just sells us out left and right because they're going to defend the thing that the progressives won 20 years ago as being the new conservative thing. I mean, You could say what you want about Martin Luther King, but he was never a conservative. At least not by any constitutional standard, not by any objective standard, maybe by today's squishy standard, he's quote unquote conservative because they misquote him and take bits and pieces of the things he thought and said, but clearly the man had socialistic sympathies. Clearly it was a progressive. Clearly he had, let's say, interesting ways of parsing out his theology. And clearly he didn't think much of his marriage. Did he do some important things? Sure. Does he deserve some veneration? Absolutely. Do I want to go tear down his statue? No. But you're going to have to know about these people warts and all. You know, if we're going to destroy Robert E. Lee for really no good reason, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. But I don't want either of these guys canceled. I don't want either of them to be tossed on the dustpan of history. It is important to know these people, what they did, what they stood for, the sacrifices they made to get where we are in today's world. And we don't have to be enthusiastic about everything about them, but we have to at least appreciate 
the things that he did and the things they were willing to sacrifice. We have to take that and understand where we're at in history and say, you know, I didn't like this part, but this, this, and this was good. It's kind of the idea of not throwing out the baby with the bathwater. So in the case of Whoopi, Whoopi, I, I can't think of anything that I remember watching her in where I said, that was just great. She was awesome. I, I can't. Now that doesn't mean I think she's terrible. I just not my cup of tea. I, I mean, I, I want to say she was on Star Trek, the next generation. And when that was out, the, you know, first go around, I, I kind of enjoyed the show. She was good on the show, but I mean, that's really the only thing I can ever remember watching where she was on it. Now I'm sure she did some guest stints on various things, but okay. So what? You don't destroy somebody's life because they said something that's a little off color or a little out of place. Like Joe, I mean, (laughs) Joe Rogan's been on the forefront of so many things and the the people that are just chasing him, I got to figure most of them are motivated out of jealousy. And then Jordan, I mean, Mr. Peterson, I applaud you for the things you've done. I don't know where your head's at. Perhaps those drugs got messed you up a little bit more than you knew. But man, I understand you're drifting towards a faith, the saving grace through salvation in Jesus. And if you manage to go that all the way there, right? And acknowledge him as Lord, I'll be enthusiastic about that. And I'd be really excited to see what that changes in your outlook and how you do things. But until you're there, I'm just going to be quiet on the sidelines, letting you do your thing. Just like I do with Joe, just like I do with Whoopee. Look, we cannot force everybody to think like we think. That's not a good prescription for our country and for civilization. Interestingly enough, there are two groups of people that want to do civilizational jihad. One would be the jihadists, as we all know them, and the other one would be the Yankees. And you know, I'm referring to the Brian McClanahan definition of Yankees. Those that are do-gooders and think they know what's best for you and are going to make you do it whether you want to or not. Now, they may have other names, but my preferred term is Brian McClanahan's Yankee. Those are two people we don't want running anything. Two groups of people that do not give a rip about anybody else but what their goals are. There is no respect for anybody that disagrees with them. Oh, they'll give that platitude when they're in the minority, but as soon as they get power, they shut you down. The Yankee forefathers did it, and the jihadists are still doing it. It never ends. And this whole cancel culture thing is fed directly out of that. Birds of a feather flock together. With that, my friends, that is just a word on the canceling culture of today. I will see you on the other side. There's a forum to go to, and I'm looking forward to it.